0: Hello out there, bibliophiles, and welcome back to another episode of Drew Archives in 10. I'm Andrew Salvati, adjunct professor of media and communications here at Drew, and I am currently in the conference room of the archives with Candace Riley. How are you, Candice?
1: I'm good. Hi, listeners. I've got some really cool items to talk about today.
0: Yeah, you have some prayer books for us today with some very unusual and interesting bindings.
1: I do. So... My students in my one class that I'm teaching, which is on the materiality of book and manuscript culture, their final project is to pick a book from the collection, a printed book, and do research on one aspect of that book. So if it's the clasps of the book, if it's about the binding, if it's about the gilding, the printing, what have you. So two of my students, and one of them works in the archives, went treasure hunting upstairs. And that's when they just went through our prayer book collection and looked at each different book and found these gloriously binded books. And the first one we're going to talk about today is this one, which is bound in vellum and vellum is animal skin. And it was printed in 1594 in Germany. The text is a Roman Missal and it's printed in red and black ink. The binding is quite tight of the book, which means it's kind of hard to open. Mm. Um, And so you really, it's hard to actually utilize the text. So it's, I wouldn't know if this book was really heavily used. I think it was more of a showcase of the binding because the binding is so glorious. Or if it was one fixed at one point, maybe they they bound it much too tight, but it's not really easy to open.
0: And it's not only bound, it has these wonderful metal clasps.
1: It does. It is has these two brass clasps on the side of the book and they perfectly uh, fit the top of the vellum binding and holds it very sturdy so the pages of the text are just fit in perfectly. And the fore edge is all gilded, has this lovely gold almost reddish shine to it. But the real showstopper here is this vellum binding. So you can see the vellum binding is uh, on the paste downs on the back here. But really, the imagery is what is absolutely amazing. So on the cover of the book, we have here the Archangel St. Michael fighting the dragon. Now, do you know the story of the fighting of the dragon by Archangel Michael?
0: You know, probably not as well as I should.
1: That's fine. I can tell you a little bit about it. So um, Archangel Michael is actually talked about quite a lot in the Hebrew Bible. He comes up three times in the book of Daniel. But this image is most likely talking about the book of Revelations. So the final book of of the Bible, of the New Testament. And the quote from Revelations, chapter 12, um, part 7 is, And there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon. And the dragon fought and his angels and prevailed not. Neither was their place found anymore in heaven. So this was all recounted in the revelation of St. John at the end of the world. The war will break out between heaven and hell, between good and evil. And as the commander of the army of God, the Archangel Michael, the figure that we see here on this vellum co- cover, he leads the other angels in the fight against evil, which we see often as a seven-headed dragon. But this image is only a one beautiful green-headed dragon. But the seven heads often represent the seven deadly sins. Okay. But here we have a wonderful image of the Archangel Michael. He has this wonderful cross on his chest plate. He has um, a gold crown, a halo, these luxurious red wings with a red cloak and this green, very medieval looking dragon with gilt detailing that is really about to kind of jump at at the Archangel Michael where he is then gonna take his sword and kind of slash him and take care of him.
0: It looks like the dragon has something written On his snout. Oh, let's take
1: a look. I wonder, can you make that out? Oh yeah. That is interesting. I can't make that out. It's a little too small for my eyes, my aging eyes. (laughs) (laughs) Um I'm gonna that's a thing to take a look at, and I will let my student know who's doing the research for this, because you're right, there is some text on the snout, and there is even some fire coming from the snout of the dragon. Yeah. So an amazing image that you can see on the cover of this prayer book. I would have loved to own a prayer book like this. (laughs) Something that I don't think I would have opened as much because just staring at the cover has so many beautiful layers to it. And the pigments are still so vibrant to this day. And once again, this was made in 1594.
0: Yeah. And the illumination and the vellum binding too would indicate that it was quite expensive, right? Quite
1: expensive that they... So what someone probably purchased the text and then they had it bound. So they took it to an artist to have it bound, either in Bellum, And in that artist then took care of it to have the illustration and then the um, pigmentation done. And then just so that the Archangel Michael wasn't enough, you have um, <laughs> a coat of arms on the spine of the book, which we need to figure out
0: who whose it, whose is. it is. Yeah.
1: Um, that the back has another dragon-hating uh, foe, um, is St. George and the Dragon. So possibly the owner of this prayer book really loved their dragon fighters, yeah. which I think is a fantastic subject for any prayer book decoration.
0: Maybe fancied themselves as something of a dragon fighter as well.
1: Which the dragon often meant a symbol of like Satan or something like that. So possibly you thought you were a really wonderful you know, Christian warrior, right? That you're kind of a very, very pious. Very yeah. pious. Or they just like dragons.
0: Could uh, be.
1: But the story of St. George and the dragon is very different. It's than um, Archangel Michael. It's not a biblical story like we saw with the story of Revelations. Um, the legend of St. George and the dragon tells the story of St. George, who they say died in 303. So here's mm-hmm. his, his date to him. And he tamed and slayed a dragon. That dragon demanded human sacrifices. Uh, The story goes, the dragon originally extorted tribute from all the villagers in the village. When they ran out of livestock and trinkets for the dragon, they started giving up a human tribute once a year. Uh, This was acceptable to the villagers until a well-loved princess was chosen as the next offering. Hmm. The saint thereupon rescues the princess chosen as the next offering. And the narrative was first set up in the stories of the 11th and 12th centuries. And then it was put in the golden legend in the 13th century. So a very medieval tale, but yeah. of a saint who died in 303.
0: This one, I can't see any writing on the dragon at all.
1: No, I wonder if that's maybe side. a signature of an artist possibly. Could be, right? Which is, that is a thing that comes to mind. But we have a similar color palette as we have with Archangel Michael. We have um, almost like a Templar crest on um, St. George here. Yeah,
0: the, the white field and the, the red cross that's mm-hmm. kind of elongated, goes down to his knees.
1: And lovely detail of gilding on the long epaulettes of um, St. George's long shoulder details. He has what we would think of maybe as traditional late medieval armor shown here. Yeah. And um, once again, he's like Archangel Michael. He has one arm raised up above his head with his sword about to defeat the dragon, who is also breathing fire here. Yeah. Um, but the dragon is almost... Uh, directly opposite positioning as we saw the other panel here he's he's growing up to the right he's trying to get higher and higher uh to saint george and saint george is actually stepping on him
0: oh yes i see that
1: so saint george is doing a very good job of defeating this dragon so this is a, a really beautiful binding that i just i keep coming back to um when our student kind of rediscovered the treasure upstairs yeah. in the archives and i'm looking forward to their reports which is Primarily actually going to be focusing on the clasps and how the the reasoning for these brass clasps and how popular they possibly were. And I'm very excited to hear more about this book. And if listeners are too, you can send us an email and we can let you know any updates.
0: Sure. Maybe we can have a future episode.
1: Yeah. The update of the dragons. Yes. And the other book I wanted to tell you about um, is another binding that a student is working on. This one is very different. It is a later printing. This is about 1840. And the reason that she is interested in this because of the covers. So the covers here are biblical scenes. This book also has some clasps, not nearly as nice as our brass clasp from our other book. Um, it has two metal plates on both covers, and they have these scenes of different saints, different figures of the Bible. There's Moses, there's Jesus, John the Baptist, God Almighty, the Virgin Mary. And it has a heft to the book, if you want to hold it, Andrew. Oh, wow.
0: Yeah, I was not expecting that.
1: No. It's it's full metal here and there. It's not just kind of like an outside plated. These are actual like added metal boards to the yeah, boards wow. themselves. And they are then attached as well with these chains that wrap around the spine of the book. So there is a history of using chains with books. They would actually chain books to the libraries. Sure to keep for security reasons which makes right. perfect sense. But this was probably not intended for that purpose. As I said it was like a 19th century book. They probably added the chains as a way to ta- maybe allude to this person's love of these old older, you know, medieval chained books. Um but it is certainly a stunning prayer book, another one part of our Mazer prayer book collection uh,
0: yeah. that
1: is worthwhile to see in person.
0: Yeah and again the weight, I mean, this book is just about a little bit shorter than my hand, but it's it's so heavy. Now, were metal plates like this? Th- this is pretty unusual, right?
1: I think it's pretty unusual. It to me is reminiscent of the bosses that you would sometimes see on the corners and sometimes the center of medieval manuscripts okay. or then early printed books that would replicate kind of the design of manuscripts. But I haven't seen this is the only prayer book in our collection, and we have quite a lot of them that have these metal at adages to them.
0: This is amazing. This is just so beautiful.
1: It's, it's really stunning. I think I'll add some photos to our Instagram just because to see maybe these close-up images is truly amazing. Probably deserves a good cleaning because uh, <laughs> the, the metal's slightly tarnished. But I'm really looking forward to seeing what my students going to come up with about kind of the history of these added metal bits and chains to the book. See how popular it was in the 19th century.
0: Yeah, that would be great for our listeners to check out as well the photos uh, on Instagram. And they'll probably look forward to what your students conclude and report at the end of their research.
1: I think so. And these are great examples of that. Out of the 100,000 rare books and manuscripts we have in true special collections, there's always something new to write about and to study. Or if you're fascinated out there by rare books, you have something here that probably no one has seen before or studied. So this is the collection to come to.
0: That's great. Thanks so much for sharing these with us, Candace. Uh, I look forward to hearing more about them from your students. Yeah, absolutely. That's our show. Be sure to check out the images of the materials we've discussed on this and other episodes of Drew Archives in 10 by visiting the Drew Archives and Special Collections website at www.drew.edu library media. You can also check out images of the archives material at the Drew University Participatory Archives at dupaarchive.org. There's a lot of great stuff there, so be sure to check it out. For myself, Dr. Andrew Salvati, and for Candice Riley, be well, stay safe, and we'll see you next time on Drew Archives in 10.